You're all good? Are you ready for week one of miracles? Yes? Why don't you turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. It says this, it says, a a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing but Uh, Nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all of those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. That's the oil. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Everybody say oil ceased. You see, we're doing a series on miracles and, and, and I know a lot of us want miracles to be done for us or be done to us. Yes, is there anybody with like, God to do a miracle for you or towards you. Come on, we all have that. Yes, I I have miracles that I want God to do towards me or for me, but sometimes God needs to do a miracle through you. And and I'm hoping in this series, as as I do this message first, is that, yes, God wants to do miracles for you, but you need to understand that God wants to do miracles through you as well that you are born for this, that you were created for this, that, that God has appointed upon your life, not just on the pastor's life, but all of our lives, that we would be people that see the miraculous move through us, not just to us. And in this story here, this, this poor lady who's, obviously her husband was a prophet, he was a man of God, he was, he was going around doing stuff, but obviously he had a lot of debt. And back in those days, for starters, women weren't allowed to work, so there's no way she could go out and get a job to pay for the debt. And so what would happen is the, the debtor would come to your house, the one that you owed money to, and they would take your children, your, the next generation, into slavery, and they would have to work off the debt that you owed. She had no means at all of income, and so she comes to the, to the prophet and she says, hey, look, I need your, I need your help, because if, you, if God doesn't do something here, the next generation, my sons will be taken into slavery. I I see this as a picture of currently what's happening in the world today, that that the enemy is coming knocking on the door and he's trying to enslave our kids, enslave them to addictions, enslave them to wrong ideology and wrong opinions of who they are in Christ, and, and a bid to bind them so that he can do anything he can to kill, steal, and destroy them. I believe we're in a time where the enemy is after our children. And in this case here with this woman, the only thing that separated the creditor or the one that she owed the money to was the next generation being taken into slavery. The only thing that separated them being taken into slavery was oil. Oil, just a, just a jug of oil was the only thing that separated her children or the next generation to be taken into slavery or 
to be able to stay in her house. Every time you see oil in the scripture or in the Bible, it represents the Holy Spirit. It represents his anointing. Oil represents the, the power of God. It represents the supernatural intervention of God. Anywhere that you see oil, it's, it's talking about a move of the Spirit. And, and I would suggest to you today that the only thing that can stop our next generation, our children from being enslaved, is not programs and it's not performances, but it's an anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the oil that will keep you free. It's the oil that will get you free. It's the oil that we need. We need the Holy Spirit more now than we ever needed to. And he said to her, what is in your house? You see, we always think the answer is somewhere out there or it's in somebody else's life or somebody else's word or maybe it's in the pastor's prayer or maybe it's in somebody else's prayer. But the answer is always in the house. It's always inside the house because the Bible says this, that God has given to each, every one of us a measure of faith. He's given you all the faith that you need to do all the things that he's called you to do. He's planted it on the inside of you. It's not even your faith, it's his faith. And so you need to understand that everything that you need is always in the house. And we so often go looking for answers outside of ourselves. And in this case, she's looking for the prophet to do something outside of herself. And he goes, what's in your house? You see, the answer to the miracle that you need is always within you, not outside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides within you. That resurrection power is on the inside of you. The, the answer that you need for the miraculous is not something on the outside of you. It's something that you need to release on the inside of you. Are you hearing me today? And I'll tell you what, the answer is in this house. And in this house, there's an answer because there's people that are walking with the anointing of the Spirit, filled with the power of God right here in this room. And the answer to our community, our nation, and our world is right here in this house. Your life, who you are. And the prophet said to her, what do you have in your house? And her response is, all I have is this, this pot of oil. And the prophet says, that's all you need. Sometimes we turn around and we go, well, I only, I've only got this, or I've just got this one gift, or I've just got this one thing. I, I don't have... I can't do that. Or I'm that. No, no, you, 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 just that one thing, that's all you need. Just that smile that lights up a room is all you need. Just that, that one thing, that's all you need. It's all you need. You see, in the story, the oil was not the problem. Are you hearing me? In the story, the, the oil was not the problem. The oil was there. The oil was available. The issue in the story is not the oil or, or how God multiplied the oil and kept increasing the oil and getting more and more of the oil to flow out of that one little jar. That's not the story here. The issue of the story is not the oil. The issue of the story is the vessel. The issue in the story is not the oil. The oil was flowing, the issue is, is that when the vessels ran out, the oil stopped. It's not, it's not an oil problem. It's not a Holy Spirit problem. It's not a lack of God's power problem. It's a vessel problem. That's why the Bible says this, the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Harvest is not the problem. It's just we don't have enough laborers. Are you hearing me? The oil is not the problem. It's always the vessel that's the problem. 
And if you want a miracle, she's saying to the woman, if you want a miracle, then you need to go and get something that the oil can be poured into. Because you got what you need, you just need something to pour it into. And here's the thing, the woman helps God in the miracle by getting vessels. See, she had the oil, but she had to go and collect vessels so that the oil could be poured out. She played a role in the miracle happening. God, when it comes to the miraculous, is not a fairy godmother. He doesn't wave his wand and bing, miracles happen. No, no, you need to be involved in it. You need to step out. You need to trust him. You need to be somebody who engages with it because God likes to do things with you and through you, not just for you. The woman determined, I want want you to get this in your spirit this morning, the woman determined the magnitude of the miracle by how many vessels she got. In your life, you will determine how much of the miraculous of God moves through you by determining how many vessels that you have or determining how often you allow the oil to be poured into your life. He said, go and get vessels and not just a few, borrow them, steal them. Whatever you gotta do, get as many vessels as you can find. He was saying to her, you will determine how much oil will flow. How much of the miracle power will flow into your world. God won't determine that. And why does God not determine how much of the oil flows? Because heaven doesn't have a supply issue. Heaven never has run dry of the oil, of the power of God, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Heaven's supply of the power of God is limitless and it never, ever runs out. God does not have a power issue. You know when it says that Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. It wasn't a big fight. It was just like, go, gone. It's it's as quick as that. God, God, God doesn't have to wrestle with the enemy. He just commands him and he goes. It's, it's like in a blink of an eye, like lightning, he fell to earth. See, God doesn't, have, God doesn't have a power problem. There's not a lack of power in heaven. There's not a lack of the anointing in heaven. There's not a lack of the spirit of God in heaven. The oil stopped when the oil had no place to go. Are you hearing me? It stopped when they ran out of vessels And only then did it stop. As long as there was a vessel, the oil kept flowing. As long as we make ourselves available, the oil will keep flowing. You know that I I love coffee, right? You might have gathered that if you've been here long enough. You might have, on the occasion, uh, thought, oh, Craig, I think Craig likes coffee. Um, Can I say this? Papua New Guinea has amazing coffee. Uh, like, it was just unbelievable. I brought some home with me. It's, it's phenomenal. P&G coffee is good. American coffee is rubbish. American coffee belongs in the pit of hell. But P&G coffee, it's pretty close to heaven, all right? And, and me and Pastor Fue, who, who founded the church there, he told me that Garoka coffee, which is where he's from, his village, Garoka coffee, is actually the coffee that they use in heaven. And I wouldn't deny him because he's a pastor. And so, you know, But, you know, 
I, I love a coffee, and, and this morning, uh, as, I, as I was preparing in the office, I, I was going to have a coffee, but I, I discovered that, you know, my, my staff just don't care about me, and, um, and instead of having milk um, that I could use, they had milk that expired on the 31st of July, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a coffee because they, they want me to drink off milk, because my staff don't care about me. I'm away for a week, and they don't care enough to make sure that there's milk in the fridge for me. Don't worry, I'll address it at staff meeting tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking, all right? But you generally don't say, I'd like a hot coffee, right? It's generally not what you say. You don't generally say, I'd like a hot coffee. Because if you said, i like a hot coffee, and then somebody starts pouring it into your hands, how many people know the coffee is going to, one, burn you, and two, disappear everywhere, right? What do we say? We say we want a hot cup of coffee. Why? Because the coffee is what we want, but for us to enjoy the coffee, it requires there to be a cup to hold it in. It requires there to be a vessel to hold it in because when we don't have something to put it in, the product goes to waste. I mean, I mean imagine last night you decided that you were gonna have order pizza for dinner. Can I just say, and praise God that we live in New Zealand. We can get pizzas for five bucks. Uh, in, in Papua New Guinea, they very rarely have pizza. So I thought one night I would shout pizza for the staff there in Fiji. Pizzas in Fiji are $25 a pizza. I know, it's a big regret when I said that I'd pay for it. But when you order pizza, you don't, you don't rock up to Pizza Hut and the guy comes over and he's got the pizza spilling all over his hands and he goes, put your hands out, and then he just flops the pizza under your arms, right? And, and then the, the cheese and everything is spilling all over your arms and everything. But what, would, what would be, if the guy came out to you with the pizza, what would be the first thing that you would say to him if he was just carrying pizza, right? First thing you'd say to him is, where's the, where's the box, right? Because we want pizza to come in a box. Yes? No? Can you, can you like respond to me a little bit this morning? Because some of you, I'm a little concerned because I think you're gonna go and get pizza afterwards and you're gonna say to the person, hold on the box, I'll just take the pizza. <laughs> we want pizza to come in a box, right? You expect the product, the pizza, to come in a vessel, the box. I was expecting it to come in a box. Now, the thing about the box, this box right here in my hand, which I got from Pocono Pizza, just doing a little shout out to them because I promised them I would because they gave me the box for free. Um, the price of the box is about 30 cents. The, the, the value of the pizza is not in the box. You're not really paying for the box, right? You're paying for the pizza, the product. The product needs to come in the box. The box, even though it's only worth about 30 cents, it takes on great value because of what's in it. Are you hearing me? The value of the box is pertained to what's inside the box. The value of the coffee cup is relevant to the coffee that's inside the cup. Like if you had a Starbucks cup with coffee in it, 
that's not worth anything because Starbucks is just crap and you should never drink Starbucks. And if you do, you need Jesus. And he, I'm going to pray for your healing this morning in Jesus' name. If you went to your local and got a coffee and a cup, then, then now we're talking heaven. You see, the value, the box has value because of the product that's in it. The box has value because of the product that's in it. It's the product that goes into the box that gives the box value. You are a vessel, you are a pizza box, and what gives you value is not how you look. What gives you value is the product or the oil that's inside the vessel. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you that gives you value. And, and the reason why we need to understand that is because when God starts to move on your behalf or you start to see things like I did last week with blind eyes opening and deaf ears hearing, it stops you from getting puffed up because you understand I'm just a box. And it's the oil, it's the power of God, it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit that is actually adding value to what I do. And they'll come up to me and say, oh, you're such a good preacher. No, 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 I'm just a box. I'm just a box, and the box just has to do two things. It has to be clean, and it needs to be available. I mean, when you rock up to, to, to buy a pizza, they don't, oh, yeah. They don't, they don't give you a used box from last night, do they? It's a clean box, right? And so the key thing, if you want to see the miraculous move through you, there's two things that you have to do. One, you have to be clean, and two, you have to be available. You have to be a vessel. The box doesn't give it value, it's, it's God. And we are just the box. And the Bible says that Christ is in us. And we should delight in that because it's Christ in us that gives us value. You don't, and the good thing about that is this, is that you don't have to be special. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be super good looking like Pastor Rimmer. You don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be any of that. You just have to be clean, and you just have to be empty, just like this pizza box. And if you would just be clean and empty, God said, I will give you, I will fill it. I'll fill it with my oil. I'll fill it with my purpose. I'll fill it with my anointing. I'll fill it with, with your, my will from your life. I will fill it. If you will be empty and clean, I'll, I'll fill you. One Corinthians six nineteen says this. It says that you are the temple, or you do not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The reason why the devil hates you is because he understands that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He hates you because of what's inside of you. He hates you because he knows the power of the oil of the Holy Spirit is within you. He knows what the oil 
of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit can do in a vessel. And he also knows what the power of the Holy Spirit in a vessel can do to him. And so his only option is to try and mess up the vessel. His only option is to try and destroy the vessel because he can't he can't afford for that vessel to be filled with the oil. He can't afford for that vessel to be filled with the power of God. He can't afford for that vessel to be available for the miraculous of God to move through them. And so what he does is he decides that he will destroy the vessel because he believes in destroying the vessel, he'll destroy the oil. You don't have to be perfect you just have to be clean and empty because you are either a container of trash or treasure. You are either a container of oil or a container of all your stuff. The oil is not the problem. The oil never was. It's always been the vessel. It's always been the vessel. And God is like, if you give me a vessel, I'll give you the oil. If you'll give me a vessel, I'll give you the anointing. If you give me a vessel, I'll give you the miraculous. I'll give you the power of God. Why? Because God doesn't need superstars. God doesn't need superstars. You don't need to be on the stage. He just needs somebody who's willing to say, hey, here I am. I'm clean. I'm empty. I'm your temple. Use me. And the crazy thing is, is that God is so good that even if you aren't clean, he makes you clean before he fills you. So it's like, oh, well, I, I can't do anything for God because I still got this stuff going on the inside. That's cool. God will clean you and then he'll fill you because that's what God does. God, God takes all the work out of it for you when he died on the cross and shed his blood for the sins of mankind. He said, look, I, I know I can't fill uh, filthy vessels, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna die on the cross so that I can clean you, so that I can fill you. And so you don't even have to clean yourself because he does it for you. So that he can, oh, I don't think God can use me because of this. No, 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 he's already cleaned you. His blood is the perfect sacrifice. It washes you whiter than snow. You're, you, he's already cleaned you. You're just, you're just empty. All the way through scripture we see this. I, I looked for one that would stand in the gap, but I could find no one. No one that would say, here I am. In Isaiah, it says, he, he, he hears like the angels talking about, about who will I send, who shall go for me? God's looking for someone, and Isaiah goes, send me, I will go. Send me, and then, and then the cold comes and touches us, Unclean lips, why? Because God always, if you say I'm here, he'll clean you and then he'll fill you. All the way through scripture, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking for vessels. He's like, I've got some oil here. I, I need to pour it somewhere. Is there a vessel available for me? Is there a vessel available for me? You see, the devil decided one day that, that he needed to do something about the pizza box. He needed to do something about the box called Jesus. You see, he, he understood that if, if he didn't do something, he, he was going to be in trouble because this box called Jesus, because Jesus was fully man. Are you hearing me? His body was fully man. His, he was the temple of the Holy Spirit, just like you and I. And, 
And the devil looks down and the devil goes, man, we're in trouble, guys. This, this guy's casting out demons. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. Like the oil is flowing through that vessel like nothing else we've ever seen. Guys, we, we, we need to do something. We, he's setting people free. We have to do something. And so what he decided is that he would destroy the box. He decided that he would whip it with a cat's tail, that it put a crown of thorns on his head, that he would beat him, that he would whip him so badly that his ribs and everything would be open and exposed for everybody to see. He thought, if I, if I destroy the vessel, then I destroy the oil. He said, let's kill it. Let's destroy it. They took the box and they beat him. They ripped his flesh. They took his hammer and nails and nailed him to a cross, put a thorn of crown of thorns on his head and tore the box apart. And then the box, Jesus, the vessel on the cross cried out, it is finished. You see, you have to understand something. The devil thinks if he can destroy the vessel, then he destroys the oil. He thinks if he destroys the vessel, he destroys the anointing. He thinks if he can destroy the vessel, he can destroy the power of God. He thinks if he can destroy the vessel, he can destroy the miraculous of God. But all he does in destroying the vessel is that he just releases the oil. He just releases the anointing. He just releases the power. He just releases the miraculous. How do I know this? Because in John 12, 24, it says this, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat uh, falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You see, your life is like a seed, and inside that seed is so much potential of what it could be. But until, the, until that seed and I, and I see people, they walk around talking about their potential all the time. Look at my seed. Look at my seed. Look, there's potential inside my seed. <coughs> but here's the problem. Unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, unless it gets planted into the soil so the soil can break down that seed, the potential of the seed is never released. It just stays inside the seed. And sometimes the enemy comes against us and we think he's trying to destroy us when really what God is trying to do is he's trying to get the oil out of us into the people around us. The enemy thinks he's destroying the vessel, but God says, I'm releasing the anointed. I'm releasing the oil. I'm releasing the power of God. I'm releasing, because the reality is, friend, if you wanna live a life of miracles, it means that you have to be in a position that requires a miracle. It means that you have to be in a place that only God can do something, which means that you're generally gonna be in a place of desperation. You're generally gonna be in a place of pain, not because God's trying to hurt you, but because God's trying to release the oil within you and the power of God to those around you. And Jesus said this, he says, he didn't say, I am finished. Jesus said, it is finished. And he died. And they took that box and they lay it in a borrowed tomb. And while the box was lying there, I hope you get this this morning. While the box was lying there, the body of Jesus 
was lying there. The contents of that box got up and went down into hell. And according to the Bible, he began to preach to the spirits in bondage and set them free. So why the box, which was 100% fully man, was lying in a borrowed tomb, the spirit of Jesus Christ, 100% God, went down into and took back the keys of life and death from Satan. And Satan is so powerless, he doesn't even have keys to his own house anymore. He has no ability to lock Jesus out, and he has no ability to keep you out, because the Bible says that all this authority that I have, I've given to you also. He, he doesn't have the ability to keep you out of the dark places and bring the light and the oil and the power and the miraculous of God into them because he doesn't even own the keys anymore to his own home so we can bust in. And that's why the Bible says this, that, that uh, um, uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates are a defensive mechanism. We are not on the defense. We are always on the offensive gates are to try and keep us out, but the gates can't stand against the oil. The gates can't stand against the power of God. The gates can't stand against the miraculous of God. As long as the vessel's empty and empty and clean and says, fill me with oil. He can try to destroy the vessel. He can try to destroy your life, but all he does is releases the power of God. All he does is release everything that God has put in you, and that's why he can't keep you in a prison of addiction or a prison of pornography or a prison of depression because he doesn't have the keys anymore. Jesus Christ is the one who has the keys. He borrowed a tomb instead of buying it because he only needed it for three days. Let me tell you this this morning. He borrowed a tomb, but he brought you. He borrowed a tomb for three days, but he brought you. My life is not my own. I've been brought with a price. He wants to live in you all the time, not just for three days, not just for five days, not just for a moment, but he brought you so that he could live in you. He borrowed a tomb, but he brought you. If that doesn't stir something on the inside of you, I'm not really sure what I'm meant to say to you anymore. He only wanted to lie in the tomb for three days, but he wants to live in you for eternal life. For eternity, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, where does it live? It lives and abides within you, the vessel, the temple. We are the body of Christ. We are the box. We are the vessel. The Holy Spirit is not going to preach sermons. The Holy Spirit is not going to witness to your friends and family. The Holy Spirit isn't going to pray for the sick. The Holy Spirit's not gonna run the kids' programs. The Holy Spirit's not gonna serve on the music team. The Holy Spirit's not gonna make coffee. The Holy Spirit's not gonna welcome people into the house of the Lord, but he will if he can find a vessel or a box that he can fill. People go to hell not because the oil is a problem. It's not because there's a lack of power. People go to hell because there's a lack of vessels. There's a lack of vessels because he can't find a vessel. And friend, you are the only answer to this generation and the generations to come. You are the only answer to your family. You are the only answer to your community. You are the only answer to this nation. And it's not out there, it's in here. And God's, we say to God, God, give me your anointing. And God says, give me a vessel. We say, God, give me your, give me your power. And he says, give me a vessel. God, give me a dream. And he says, give me a vessel. 
You see, the problem is not the oil. Maddie, can you jump on the keys? The problem is not the oil. The question is, will you be clean and will you be empty? If you lend God your body, he'll lend you his power. Come on. If you lend God your body, he'll lend you his oil. If you lend God your body, he'll give you his dreams, his plans, his purposes, his calling for your life. How do I know that? Because in Acts 9, 15, it says, but the Lord said of Ananias, go, this man is my chosen vessel. There are chosen vessels all across this room right now. Every single one of us is a vessel. Some of you might be, well, I'm not clean quite yet. That's cool, because in a moment, we're gonna give you an opportunity that God would come and clean you, because the Bible says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, which basically means that God's gonna come and completely clean you up in one moment and he's gonna get you ready. Then you're gonna be empty and you're gonna be ready for his anointing. Because God doesn't leave you in your misery. God always has a plan. And so he will clean you and then he'll fill you. But some of you here don't need cleaning. You're just, you're just empty. You've been waiting for God to do something on, you know, out here. And God said, no, no, I need to do something in here. Why, I need God to do the miraculous in my life, but, but are you a vessel that He can fill? You see, the oil stopped pouring when the vessels became unavailable. The oil this morning is looking for vessels. It's looking for vessels. Oil's not the problem. Paragon's not the problem. The miraculous is not the problem. You see, God doesn't do miracles. God is a miracle. It's what He does. It's who He is. It's part of His DNA. God doesn't do love. God is love. God doesn't do providing. God is our provider. He's the husband of the widows. He's the father to the fatherless. These are not things that He does. They're who He is. In his DNA, he is a miracle working God. It's what he does. But the level of the oil that was poured out was determined on how many vessels were available. And I just sense in this room, and I and I and I'm not saying this to make you feel bad or whatever, but I'm just I want to say this to you because I feel like God really spoke to me last week while I was in PNG, and 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 I'll be honest with you when I. When I headed to Papua New Guinea, even though I've been looking forward to it, I was so tired. I seriously was tired. I was, I'd said to Trinity, I really kind of regret that I'm doing this trip because I actually just want to stay home. I'm sick of traveling. And so I went over there and I can tell you right now that, that this vessel wasn't, wasn't exactly empty saying, here, fill me. I realized as the week went on, it's, it's not about me. I'm meant to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. It's not about Craig. It's not about what I want. It's about being a vessel. A vessel for His oil. A vessel for His power. A vessel for His miraculous. Not because I'm miraculous, but because He's miraculous. God needs vessels to work through. God doesn't just want to do miracles towards you. God wants to do miracles in you. But are you empty? 
I want you this great quote. Those that walk away disappointed from God are those that are too full of themselves to be obedient to God. I had to empty myself on Tuesday morning during the worship before the first session that I spoke. I had to empty myself because how can I be filled with His power, His presence, His word when I had filled myself up with I'm tired, I don't want to do this, I'm sick of this, I'm sick of that. What a great privilege for me to be able to go into another country and minister and see lives change and transform, not because of what I did, just because of what he did. What a privilege it is for me to be a vessel that carries the word. What a privilege it is for you to be a vessel that carries the word. The enemy might have tried to destroy you, but friend, I'm just telling you, does is just releases. It releases the anointing. It releases. So we just all close our eyes just for a moment because one of the key things is before he can fill you, he wants to clean you. And you may be here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ. You've never, you've never seen God forgive me for my sin. Here's the great thing. God's already paid the price for your sin. Uh, forgiveness is not something you need to beg for. Forgiveness is just something you have to receive. He's already provided it for you. All you have to do is go, God, I receive your forgiveness. Take my sin away. Come and be the Lord of my life. It's as simple as that. He's already provided the way. We just have to receive what he's already done. And if you're here and you've, you've never given your life to Christ, God wants to come and clean you so that he can fill you with his power so that you can see amazing things happen in your world and the world of those around you. Or maybe, maybe you've been walking with God, but if you're really honest with yourself, you're, you're certainly not empty. There's a whole lot of things on the inside of you that where you've neglected your relationship with Him. See, God's not interested in what rules you've kept. He's interested in what relationship you have. And, and maybe you're here this morning and you know, man, I, I, I just haven't really been in relationship with Him for a long time. I've, I've been coming to church, I've been doing but I'm just not really in relationship. And I want to, I want God to come, I want God to come and cleanse me. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ and you want to ask Him to come and forgive you for your sins, He's already provided that for you. Or if you're here today and you're like, man, I, I haven't really been walking with Him and I want to return to Him today. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. And when I see your hand, I'll ask you to put it down. And that's all we're going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to do anything else apart from probably fill in the Live Connected card if you want to so that we can walk the journey with you. But if you're here today and you're like, Craig, I need God to come and clean me. I, I need Him to come and remove my sin. I need Him to come and clean me. I know He's here. He wants to do that for you. If you're here today, one, two, three, lift up your hand right now in this place. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, you can put your hand down. Is anybody else this morning like that. Awesome, why don't we all stand to our feet? There's about 12 people that have lifted their hands this morning. Come on, church, just stand to our feet. We're going to pray for these guys, yes? Yes? We're going to pray for these guys because the kingdom of God is not a playground, it's a battleground. We're fighting for the lives of men and women and children. We're fighting against the kingdom of darkness to see people translated into the kingdom of his glorious light, right? So if you put your hand up this morning, I want you to pray 
along with us, not after me, we're just going to pray all at the same time. But I want you to say this, I want you to say this in this prayer as we're praying. I want you to say, Father, forgive me for my sin. Come and be my Lord and save me right now. That's all you need to do as we pray. The rest of us are going to pray that God will come and visit upon them right now. Can we do that, church? Father, we thank you right now for your forgiveness. We thank you for your power. We thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we speak right now to every single person that lifted their hand. And we say, receive the forgiveness of God right now. Receive the mercy of God right now. Receive the grace of God right now. God, that you would cleanse us from our hand to our toe. That you remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. That you'd throw it into the sea of forgetfulness and that you would set us free right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are our Lord, you are our King, you are our God, and we will serve you and we lay down our lives for you today in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Just one more thing we're going to do this morning. If you're, a, We're going to sing. The team's going to sing in a moment. And if you're an empty vessel and you're like, man, I want the oil, I want the oil, I want the oil, I want the oil. It's no judgment if you, we all get empty at times, right? But if you're like, man, I'm a vessel, I want the oil, I want the oil, I want the oil. As a singer, I want you to come out of your seats and come to the front. And we're going to believe and we're going to pray that God will come, the Holy Spirit will come and He's going to fill you. Come on, team, let's sing this morning. Come on, let's go. Come on. If that's you and you're like, man, I want the oil, I want the oil, I need God.